Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric. Joined alongside me is Chris. Chris, long time no see, man. We've been through the whole Super Bowl, and we haven't done an episode, I think, since two weeks prior to that, if yeah, I'm not it's, mistaken. It's been a very was, long probably, time. I think it was over the phone we did an interview together. Um, I, mean, I mean, we did a show together over the phone, and so we weren't, haven't even been in person. We haven't been sitting no, in this very spot we have in not. a very long time. It's good to be back, 100%. Oh, um, yeah. So we're sitting here uh, with a new NFL Super Bowl 54 champion, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, I think it was yesterday or today they were doing the parade. Um, um, yesterday, and yep. they're still celebrating. They're still having a phenomenal time, and we're going to get into it in a second. But the Kansas City Chiefs are the champions of the NFL, and will be the reigning champions going into the next season. And it should be very exciting um, to watch next year as well. Because considering that the Chiefs are now in the driver's seat to probably sign Patrick Mahomes, probably sign a couple guys in the off season, um, they might be very, very dangerous. So, uh, getting into the game um, again, the Kansas City Chiefs won. We both had the San Francisco 49ers and reason being is because we thought the better team was the Niners and you saw that in a lot of what was happening in the game and I was seeing I'm seeing a lot of nice stuff from Jimmy G here and I really think at the end of the day if Jimmy G doesn't have to do much here yes he threw that one interception with his eyes closed which I I don't know why that was a thing but I was like that wasn't even the the worst part of it it was kind of like he like the worst part of the Super Bowl was watching Pat Mahomes throw those two picks. It's like oh they got him right where they want him. But for Jimmy G, in like later on in the, I think it was in the second half or right before half, he was turning it up, man. He was having an absolute um, phenomenal game heading into halftime, and they were tied. Um, and I think coming out of the half too, he was doing pretty solid too. And then the OPI call happens, but we'll get to all that in a second. So. The final score was 31-20. to 20. The Kansas City Chiefs do end up winning the Super Bowl after coming back from a 10-point deficit um, at, in right after halftime, uh, after it was tied 10-10, to 10, um, and the Niners were actually rolling on. Uh, what did you think of this Super Bowl? Give me your thoughts on it and what happened to the Niners. This is just... Honestly, watching this, in the back of my head, being a Falcons fan, knowing Shanahan... It got me a little worried. Going into the fourth quarter, I'm like, all right, they're up by 10. And I'm like, we were up by like 25, and I thought we had it. Um, so, all right, I mean, maybe maybe it'll be closer. You can't count out the Chiefs, whatever. And then, to my surprise, Shanahan starts passing. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Well, the problem was it wasn't passing. P- play action was fine. Dropbacks, I don't think he converted... Any more than three out of his ten or eleven he, he, in the fourth he, yeah. quarter, and and it was really it was just kind of like frustrating because you know if I had to compare it, which everyone's comparing because you know he was on the the both staffs and when the Falcons when they collapsed and now the 49ers when they collapsed in the fourth quarter, he was on that staff calling um, the offensive plays in that situation, and honestly like watching it when when the Falcons like okay I get it when when they were in the Super Bowl I mean you should be running the clock out. But at that point, the highlight of that offense, you had an MVP quarterback. Yeah. So to want to put the ball in his hands and want to have him ice the game, I, I I get it a little bit. Like I'm not a huge fan, but I get it. But when you have one of the best rushing offenses in the league and you still won't run it, and and you know people are like, oh well, they were stacking the box, they were expecting it, blah blah blah. I know, I know. Like everyone knows that they're going to run it, so they're going to stack the box. I mean, he's known and he has the reputation of one of the most prolific offensive minds in the league right now and and in my eyes if if you know that that's going to happen you have to draw something up earlier on they were doing some uh like end arounds and, and trick plays like they were doing which was things. working with debo exactly they were doing things so why not if you know they're stacking the box continue this creativity i understand you want to pass the ball you figure all right it's one-on-one it's man coverage if they're bringing the house but like he's not converting the passes so the time is stopped and it just oh it killed him and what's sad is, you know, the Chiefs were running the ball a lot in this game, especially early on. And then oh, the yeah. throwing came in later. Obviously, if you're coming from behind, you have mm-hmm. to eventually start throwing with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But the thing is, with Pat Mahomes, him throwing those two picks, and I'll mention over and over and over again, you have him right where you want him, and he can't take advantage of that. It's kind of just like, yeah, you could put you could put 20 to 10 on the board. You could be up by that much, you know, but take into account the statistics, knowing that, the past two games, they're able to come back from a 10-point deficit. That says something. So it's like you yeah. have to be able to keep it together. Halftime adjustments need to be made. And it just seemed like, you know, Kyle Shanahan didn't have much to work with when it came to Jimmy Garoppolo. And you could tell 
that there was a, a little bit of an issue in terms of like I don't have the flexibility that Andy Reid has with Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So, it, but the thing is. I always believe that the best team will win, and that was the 49ers, in my opinion, but obviously the Chiefs stepped up right where they needed to in the fourth quarter to come back and eventually win the Super Bowl with that dagger of a run um, that Damian Williams ended up having. It was kind of just like, this. that was it. Yeah, Um, it was... It was definitely, you know, it was definitely surprising. Um, I mean, going into half, I was screaming at the TV, being like, what are you doing, Shanahan? Like, you're not calling timeouts, then you're running. Like, what is he doing? I I had no idea what was going on there. And then he came out saying he was comfortable with what they had being tied at 10. Because you Whatever. saw uh, John Lynch. I think, he was he uh, wanted he, in the he was booth. Like, he was like, yeah. timeouts. Because when it comes to having your timeouts before halftime, you have to use them. Because yeah, they don't carry over, so you might as well use all of them in the right moments. And they could have scored there. And honestly, maybe he made the right call, and obviously they did end up losing. But in terms of that very moment, maybe he did make the right call that they were fine be- with it being 10-10 at half. Because, listen, if they did end up having to punt with like 50 seconds left or something in ter- uh, something like give- giving Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid time to eventually mm-hmm. come back and score, kind of like how the Patriots are perceived whenever yeah. they get the ball with like a minute left. That's why in the Titans game, I was always like, oh, they might be able to come back here. They just mm-hmm. didn't convert on a third to Edelman. So it's like, you know, you have Pat Mahomes actually has an arm, so he could probably take it downfield as quick as possible. So I think Kyle Shanahan thought of that for a second and was like, I think we should just take it 10 10 at half. And I'm sure when he first put those next 10 points on the board, he was like, I made the right choice there. And so now people, you know, came back around after the Super Bowl and they, you know, you have to do all the media and stuff like that. And, and he still thinks he, he made the right decision. Uh, do you think that was the right call? Because John Lynch, clearly their GM, mm-hmm. was not on board with not using those timeouts. I, for, I think that he should have used those timeouts. But it's kind of like, if nothing was working, nothing was working. And if you're forced to take it to halftime, I think that's fine. I'm kind of on the fence, as you can tell from what I'm saying here. But... If even your GM is pointing out, like, why this is the game of the year. Like, you're not going to be able to redo anything. You're not going to be able to go back and make some changes to what you've already done. This is it. So maybe that was the right choice. I don't know. What what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said where, you know, this is the biggest game of the year. And you saw Andy Reid went for it on a one or two fourth downs. And yeah, like fourth and two, exactly, fourth and like ones. He, he's going for it. And in my eyes... You have to go for it. You have to do whatever. And, and it, it takes. wasn't a fourth down, but I'm saying you have to make the timeout. You have to take any points that you can get. And in my head, knowing that he came from that Falcon staff, I mean, he was only an offensive coordinator at that point, so he had a limited amount of what he actually could have done. Um, which some people do blame him because he should have run the ball more. He should have, you know, been doing something and not giving the Patriots so much time on the clock. Um, but you know, taking that away, he. I'm surprised that he didn't learn because me as a fan sitting here watching, if if I had a if I was a coach at that point, and I had a team, I would never take anything for granted at that point. In ter- in, uh, you know, in terms of points, so it's kind of like if you're tied ten ten and you know that you can be aggressive and you can you can take it and and score, like go for it. I don't, I didn't understand the uh, the the whole. Let me just you know, and it was confusing too because he was running it, running it, not calling timeouts. Then the defense, so the Chiefs called the timeout, and then he launched it downfield. And yeah. it would have been three points, and then there was offensive pass interference. What did you think of that call? I didn't like it. I don't think I liked it either, and I've spoken to a couple people that think it's too close to not be called. Because at the end of the day, the refs weren't the all-stars of this game. Like, they weren't well, like the focal points I mean, of this game. That call, you know, everyone could say like that, was, like, that could be a, a mistake that they probably made but what were those three points going to do later on in the game because like if you don't take away that run by Damian Williams it's still like it's still a one score game obviously but you'd have to come back and score again and they were struggling all like towards the tail end of the game to do that yeah I mean it was just if you talk about that call just that call not a big fan because I feel like when when you're playing in a in a game like that I, I mean, was there contact? Obviously, there was contact. Everybody could see there was contact going on in that in that play. Um, but I just feel like it was one of those things that it, it wasn't, I mean, the, with these officials, these are the ones that didn't call it blatant pass interference. But, I mean, if it wasn't blatant, I feel like there's a certain point I don't point think it was too, too blatant because they're comparing this wasn't. to the play with Kyle Rudolph. With Kyle Rudolph, yeah, I saw that. Do you think that's a fair comparison for both? I or do you think they're totally think different? 
I think in terms of what the receiver did, they're relatively in in terms of just the offensive guy. I think they're very similar in terms of how they handled it um, with their the contact and everything. The difference is is I I still don't think the the OPI should have been called. Um, but the difference is is that when you watch the 49ers and you watch Kittle going down the field making that catch, he was the one that initiated the contact. Whereas okay. Kyle Rudolph in the end zone, they were both fighting. Right. So how are you going to call it one way and not the other, especially for a game-winning play? You if you can't call it, if it can go either way, you have to. You know what I'm saying? Like they just had to let it go. You can't not you can't think about this OPI and think this was probably going to be, you know, like the Niners had it in the bag. Oh no, definitely because not. it's like when it when it when push came to shove, Jimmy G overthrew. I think it was Kendrick Bourne going downfield. It was like last resort. It was him or Sanders. I think it might have been Sanders. It, it, it might have been Sanders. I don't know. I think I remember it being Bourne, but it could have been either one of them. But it's like you overthrew him five yards anyway to try. You know, and that would have been. Like that's storybook right there, yeah. almost. And when it comes to the Super Bowl, and it's like you have them right where you want them, and that just didn't happen. So when the right plays needed to be converted, it just didn't happen. Um, my question to you is: Do you think Kyle Shanahan's long-term goal, and he probably could get out of this contract um, if they decide to let him go? But do you think they're going to keep Jimmy G around? I mean, he's still young; he hasn't started for that long. His record's solid still as a starter. It's like you could still work with him here. So. Do you what what do you think they're thinking? What do you think Kyle yeah. Shanahan is thinking about Jimmy G and his contract right now? I mean, this was really his first real year with the 49ers cuz he did have a little bit. He started off pretty hot last year if you remember before the the ACL injury. Um and and he was looking hot. He was there were talks, I mean it was very early in the season, but there were talks that Jimmy G could be, you know, a possible uh MVP candidate at that point in the season. I mean, Jimmy G he has talent. He obviously has a it decent shows. amount of you talent. You want to get that contract. Exactly. He has the talent, and it also helps having one of the best offensive play callers in the league currently helping you out. That definitely helps your case, yeah. and it's going to make you look even better than what you might be. He just has to get better at dropbacks, man. That's, that's the whole part of football is you got to get good at dropbacks. Like you, could do, you can run play action, and that's where you, you play your best, but it's like... Dropbacks, man. That's like yeah, something I'm, you need to master, and you can't. And like Frank Clark said, you can't rack up 200 yards on checkdowns. That's not going to be enough to stop. No, um, it's the not. Chiefs, so. And I mean, he was missing that deep ball. I believe you know. You said the the OPI wasn't the the game changer. That didn't really change most of the game. It's a big that, part, but it's like I still don't think that was going to be that the difference not, maker. But that missed catch by whoever, whichever receiver ended up being, that cost them the game. And that's that, all, that's all Jimmy G. There. That exactly that one hundred percent cost them the game. I'm saying that did because you know that's the last thing I remember when it comes to the Niners not winning that. Yeah, no, that that's exactly what I remember. I also I remember, remember Jimmy G. Just tossing two hands the football, hoping somebody will catch it and yep. do something. And it's like it's kind of last resort, sure, but it's like that's when like I knew like this game is is uh, put in the books. It's well, over. the the other thing was uh, which I mean. Obviously, if you've listened to the podcast throughout the season, you know a common theme that we bring up is officiating and, you know, their their problems. Um, but there were obviously some problems in this game. We, we touched base on one of them. But one of the things, speaking of Jimmy G, that I wanted to bring up, which, I mean, the second one I'm about to bring up, I'm not really too keen on changing the call, but I think the first one was. If you saw on that third, I believe it was on like 15 or something, okay. when Jimmy G had to run, scramble out of bounds, um, and he, get, he they ended up punting in the fourth quarter, whoever it was, I don't know what defender it was, he blatantly jumped off sides. Blatantly jumped really? off. And they let it go, and then he ended up scrambling out to the outside, and I mean, he did get hit pretty hard got, out of bounds. He got hit late, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, it. I don't know if that would have been, you know, I don't know if he was in, he was out. I, they didn't really show much angles. I didn't know he was on his way out. I can't say for definite, you know, for sure he was out. Um, but it was just like those two, it, within one play, there were two questionable calls. Okay. And and also I know on that, uh, the miraculous, uh, I think it was a third and 15 also, but for the Chiefs, when they threw it downfield to uh, Tyree Killen, it kind of, you know, ignited that offense and really started the comeback. There was a there was a hold, I don't know who it was, but there was a guy holding Nick Bosa during that uh, pass right before Nick, uh, right before Mahomes launched it, um, you know, and people are complaining about that. I mean, again, I'm not sitting here and saying, you know, refs got it right, refs got it wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But, I mean, if I was in that situation, I'd be a little ticked off. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that some of these calls went against one team and, and it ultimately could have cost them the game. If you were to grade the Super Bowl, 
you know, on an A to F scale, what would it be? It's it's very high. It's it's I'd say it's around an A. An A? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm gonna I, give it a in, B plus. I'd say in terms, I, I would have said like an A minus, but in terms of pl- like gameplay, not any outside factors like you know media or or any refereeing, coaching, anything. I just think overall the gameplay, the way it went from you know. The beginning of the game, it being tied a half, and then the the 49ers taking that lead, and then the Chiefs coming back towards basically the end of the game. It was just exciting. It, it kept you on your feet. And it was two teams that aren't usually in the Super Bowl, so that was also nice to see. Yeah. And you want to, and I give it a B. Plus. And, and for the most part, it being that, I mean, I, I am a little biased. I did want the Niners to win this game, and so did you. But mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, knowing, like, with all the analysis we have and everything we can think of when it comes to who is the better team and why are they the better team and they still end up losing, it's just it's a tough it's tough to watch. You give yourself a oh, free yeah. anxiety attack pretty much, but still a good Super Bowl. B plus isn't bad at all. Um, it's just like if I just saw if you obviously want to see the quarterback battle and that's one thing. So yeah. that's definitely something I wanted to see. But again, B plus is not bad at all, and I'll stick by it. Um, and talk about the the you know. The Titans doing all the dirty work for the Chiefs to get where they are, and yeah. then the Patriots, you know, you know, basically dropping the ball on what could have been their, you know, them getting the bye week instead of the Chiefs. And so let's take it all the way back. We're talking um, week seventeen, right? And it's basically it comes down to if the Patriots just need to beat the. A very bad team, which is the Dolphins, um, and they lose at their home stadium, which makes no sense. And that pretty much gave the Chiefs that number that um, I think it was the number two seed, and they ended yes, up, it did, and they ended yep. up getting the bye. And so that's a great thing for the Chiefs, considering they take that week off. But then you look at all the other teams going into that second week, like the Ravens, who ended up dropping the ball against the Titans, and it's like maybe they're just rusty. I don't know. And you yeah. saw that with the Chiefs when they went up against the Texans. When you're out to twenty-four to nothing, it's like. How do you come back in that game? It makes mm-hmm. no sense to me. Um, so you get past you get past them, um, and then you have the Titans who take down the Patriots when you know when they don't have a bye. So it's like maybe this benefits the Patriots a little bit because like they're just so used to having that bye and they're so used to being prepared for the next week coming up. But it's like yep. they're fresh, they're angry at that last loss, and they should have gotten that that um, that bye week. But instead, the Titans take them down. And we're all like, well, we, there might be something here, or maybe the Patriots, who we all f- kind of thought they were, which was a semi-okay team, because they don't have the, the wide receivers that they need. They, their defense is great, but you know, if you can't have get anything going on that that offense, then nothing's gonna nothing's gonna work. And so after that, the Titans advance. They go up against the Ravens, who I was a hundred percent confident the Ravens are gonna take that game, and they didn't. And so you have the Chiefs slowly advancing, and then they end up having to go up against the Titans, where the Titans couldn't get anything going on the ground, and then it's like, you know, everything worked out in their favor to get to the Super Bowl. And it's like not to say that they didn't they weren't deserving of it because I love I, I like the Chiefs. I love what they got going on and Frank Clark is right and then Chris Jones is right. They have a dynasty being built there and I hundred percent agree. Everyone knew that the second Pat Mahomes was throwing all these touchdowns and no look passes, everyone knew this guy was special. He just needs to have a team around him. And he did have a team around him. And then you lose guys like Kareem Hunt who could have, you know, stuck around and definitely helped them in that run game, but then you have a guy like Damian Williams who steps up and helps them win a Super Bowl, and then that's absolutely incredible that they could still be able to achieve that. Andy Reid finally steps up and gets, um, you know, that Super Bowl ring along with all those wins that he has against amongst all head coaches. He has all these wins. Uh, I think the most by a head coach without a Super Bowl, I think, is the exact stat, and now he finally has it. So I think this secures his spot um, going into uh, the Hall of Fame as a coach. So it's like, you know, you look back on the Chiefs' journey, and it's like you can get past those teams fairly easily in terms of like you could have gone up against better teams. But the fact that with all those deficits, it's like they still found a way to win through adversity, and they ended up getting rings out of it. So, um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Did the right guy win MVP, Super Bowl MVP? See, this is this is a tough debate. I know I've been hearing back and forth. I mean, in my opinion, I I didn't like it. I mean, I don't have, and I want to, okay. you know, That's come fine. out. That's fine. I don't have anything against Mahomes, the Chiefs. I know I said I wanted the 49ers to win. I'm not a fan of the, of, of the 49ers. You know, I just, that was my personal preference. Um, I, I don't have any bias. There's no... Me neither. There's no thing like, oh, I hate Mahomes and I didn't want him to win it. No, there was, there was nothing. I just think, you know, the guy that really started stepping up. I mean, obviously Mahomes had a lot to do with that, but... Williams is like he kind of he kind of iced the game he, he he ended it. But if you take away that big run, 
and what looked like him being out of bounds at the pylon, which I think they still would have scored if they're at the one yard line. I don't think it would have mattered anyway, but a lot of people were counting on that not to be a touchdown. Um, if you take those away, he really didn't have that that much yards. He only had like 60 yards rushing and maybe a touchdown in there. But mm-hmm. again, he iced the game. So it was like, you know, he got them to the point where this Super Bowl is ours. So it's like, I don't know. I think about it all the time. I, I thought initially, I'm like, oh, Damian Williams is going to get Super Bowl MVP. But then you think about Mahomes and it's like, you're not going to get that far downfield without your quarterback. And Pat yeah. Mahomes was slinging it to Sammy Watkins. So it's like... Him buying time, running out of the pocket, I didn't think it was going to work against a team like the 49ers because he's gone up against defenses that I would say um, aren't as versatile as them, but it's like he was still able to do that. He was still able to find space, and that was the difference maker, and they always converted on third down. The team that is going to keep converting on third down is going to win the game, and that ultimately ended up being the case here. Um, People could argue Sammy Watkins maybe could have been the Super Bowl MVP considering... Um, all those yards he had. He had uh, five receptions, 98 yards. I thought he had a little more than that. But uh, no, Tyreek Hill too. He had nine receptions, 105 yards. But again, you don't get all that without your quarterback. And it's always a quarterback. It's a quarterback award first before anything, especially when it comes to mm-hmm. MVP of the, the regular season and when it comes to Super Bowl MVP um, as well. But it's like you, you take a look at last year and it's like Julian Edelman was a big part of winning that Super Bowl um, against the Rams. Um and he ended up getting that. So maybe it was because Tom Brady, it's just like, all right, we give it to him all the time whenever he, come, he comes and wins a Super Bowl. So it's like, let's give it to the other guy where, and in a, in a, in a game that wasn't too high scoring, mm-hmm. we'll give it to the wide receiver. So it's like, I guess if it comes down to those terms, you give it to the wide receiver. But at the end of the day, I do think it does belong to Pat Mahomes. You think it goes, belongs to Damian Williams? Anyone can make that argument. I won't disagree. I just think Patrick Mahomes... Um, the way he performed towards the end, like, you know, again, he throw those two interceptions and it's just like, there's no way he can come back from that. And, yeah. he, you know, he finds Travis Kelsey in the end zone he fi- and then Damian Williams um, as well. Um, and he runs in for the first touchdown. So it's like, you know, when it all comes together, it's like you can't win that game without Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. In that moment, in those moments where you need to go downfield, I think Pat Mahomes was the one to get them there, and that set everyone else up. So I do think Mahomes is deserving of that award. Do the stats, when you look at them, do you think he's a Super Bowl MVP? No, but in terms of the talent that he has and what he did for that offense when they were down by 10 points, it's like it's kind of like you have no other choice but to give it to him. I think that's what the NFL was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, something that you mentioned before was the third down efficiency and, you know, basically... I knew the whenever team... they were converting on third down, I'm well, like, yeah, they're, they're I mean, going gonna to win this thing. I pulled up, there's like a whole game book thing that you can download from the PDF from the Super Bowl. I have it pulled up right now. Okay. Um, and it gives you a first half summary. So the third down efficiency going into halftime, it was 67% they were completing it for the 49ers, only 17% for the Chiefs. Now, once you, you know, you fast forward it to the end of the game, and the third down percentage, same thing, the 49ers, they dropped from 67 to 38%, so clearly they had an awful second half on third down. And in the other end, the Chiefs went from, whatever it was, 13 17%, I said, up to 43 Hmm. So they completely capitalized on those yeah, third downs 100%. just in the second half. You have to. And you I mean, to. also, another thing that I'm looking at, too, is I was just curious, I know that we kept mentioning... Um, Shanahan didn't really, he wasn't milking the clock or whatever. I'm looking right now at their fourth quarter drives. They add up to maybe five minutes in total, just in that quarter. That's it. And when you have a 10 point lead going in, you should not be you, only taking out five minutes. You need to be minutes. holding the ball that long. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to get into that before I get into one of my takes here. And it's not a hot take. It's more of like a room temperature <laughs> take, but I wanted to talk about that first. It's like, you have a guy like Raheem Mostert who's able to run the ball, and he gets what, like twelve carries in this he, he game? He didn't do much like at all. That. He didn't do much at all. And he almost like, got passed by and he Debo. He could have, but they did. Yeah, exactly. You're giving Debo the ball more often, and it's like, it's there. The run game is there. You're getting six yards per carry, so it's like, why not keep doing that? Because yeah. you end up passing on the first two downs. You can't run on third no, down. No, third and pass eight, it. third and seven. You can't be you doing can't it. Can't do that, and you can't convert on third down. And what have you been doing all year? So like, why make that change? And it's like. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if you're running the ball, and you know a guy like Raheem Mostert, yes, he's undrafted. Yes, he's been on like seven teams, but it's like if it's working, it's working. And they're also running the ball with Tevin Coleman earlier in the game. So I'm like, oh, I guess that's their, this is their game plan. But then they end up going to Mostert. So it's like, keep handing it off to him, dude. Like I, I know. It's it's like... And, and what's really, you know... What's, what's difficult keep to see... the time see, of possession. What's you know? difficult to see about that is exactly what, we, what I mentioned before. They're up by 10 going into the fourth quarter. 
They're up by 10. And to tell me that they only took off five out of 15 minutes, that's just not... They haven't done that all year. And and in my eyes, okay, fine. Maybe, you know, realistically, you can't be taken up 15 out of the 15 minutes, but you should have taken up at least half that quarter. At least half of that quarter. If you if they were going to win that game, they had to take up at least half yeah, that you quarter. You have that lead. You got to secure it. You got to keep the lead in order to win the championship. And, and their drives consisted of punt, punt, turnover on downs, interception. That was their their drives in the fourth quarter, whereas the Chiefs had they they ended up started off with an interception, um, and then you know you had touchdown 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 and then they turned it over, uh, but that really didn't matter at that point. They won the game when they turned it over. Um, does it even give you? Yeah, it gives you number of plays as well. Here you go. They were they uh, they were starting off. The, no way. The 49ers, they only had they only had one drive in the f- first quarter anyway they had they had 10 plays then three seven four that was the first they then they came out they were doing what they had to do in the set in the third quarter that's why they took the lead they had nine plays and then six plays they had a three and out on their second drive so they had five three seven two that's the number of plays they had in their drives they were not capitalizing on anything not at all they were not getting one of them the second drive was literally a three and out the last drive was a complete turnover like they they lost the game um not much at all, and and under fifty yards in total. What's crazy is when Matt sat here, he was like, "I could totally," and it didn't happen because it was it ended up being tied at half. But he was like, yeah. "I could totally see the Niners being up at half, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs just swooping in and winning the game." And I'm just like, "Please don't let that happen," because when <laughs> it comes to the NFL, everything is storybook. I say this here all the yeah. time. A lot of things that happen in the NFL are like Cinderella stories, and that ended up happening here. Um, you know, when it comes to the Niners and how they played. Um, you got to keep that lead, man. You got to do it. Run the ball. You've been doing it this whole time, and I think that's the one key takeaway I can get from this game is that yes, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, yes, he has only thrown like what like max eight passes in those both in both of those games prior to yeah. getting into the Super Bowl. So it's like obviously there's a deficiency there. That's what people were talking about leading into the Super Bowl in general. Mm-hmm. But he still ended up throwing twenty times. He completed. Uh, he. he through 31 times, he completed 20, 20 of those passes. So it's like, at one point, you, you like his issue wasn't throwing the ball. That wasn't the main issue here. It was just play calling and trying to run the ball when it when it mattered most. And I mean, again, it's as much as again, I, I you know I mentioned I, I would have liked to see the 49ers win. I'm not you know whatever. Um, but it, it there was a little piece of me that that was a little happy because being a Falcons fan, you know. You're you're never gonna live down blowing that Super Bowl lead, and then um, a couple of weeks prior, you had the Texans winning over the Chiefs. They were winning twenty four nothing, and that was gone in like five minutes. And then you know in the Super Bowl, there was like six minutes, six and a half minutes left in the game. They were up by ten points. That game should be over. You know what I'm saying? You're up by ten points with six and a half minutes in the game. Mm. That should be over. You should win that game. And it's it's me watching that. It started to think. I mean, obviously, this is not entirely the case. It's a whole group effort. But it started to get me to think, like maybe I know Shanahan got in the same case here. They got them to where they had to be. They got he got them to the Super Bowl. <coughs> he got the Falcons to the Super Bowl. And then when it mattered most, he just wasn't. I don't know what it was. I don't know if you know the pressure got to him. Um, but you know, at first I thought, okay, maybe you know he just wasn't focused because he was. He basically he became the head coach the next day yeah. after they lost the Super Bowl to Falcons. So I was kind of like, all right, maybe you know he just wasn't focused entirely. Blah blah blah. But now for this to happen again, I don't know. I don't well, know what, what it was, is. It's what weird. was the deficit in the fourth quarter? What was that stat? It was like for, fifty something points that he wasn't able to like unanswered. It was like fifty six and zero unanswered. Yeah. Unanswered. Yeah, points. in Super Bowls. Yeah, Can't that's happen. not great. Can't happen. And and that's the thing. I mean, I thought, all right, you know, again, you want to hope that you know it was just there's you you come up with any excuse you can. When your team does something like that, gives that that lead up because you don't want to entirely face that truth. You want to find some reason to figure it out. And in this situation, it it sucks for 49ers fans, but it kind of gave me closure because I'm kind of like, all right, you know, it wasn't all him, but at least knowing it, that him leaving, it, it wasn't the it wasn't gonna affect you in any way. Well, that's what I'm saying because he might have if he keeps getting to the Super Bowl, but he keeps having problems calling the game at the end of the game. That's, would you rather always go to a Super Bowl and lose, or would you always ha- would you rather have just a losing season at all? Year? So you're asking if I, you'd rather be the Bills in the '90s or the Browns? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I see. I don't. 
knowing I've only seen my team play in a Super Bowl once. I want to say, for me, I want to see the Giants make the Super Bowl every year. But to lose every time, I don't, know, I don't know if I could deal with that. Well, but that's the thing. See, I've only physically remember seeing my team win once. They made it in 98 when we were born. Um, I obviously do not remember. I didn't watch that game. <laughs> um, they made it to the Super Bowl that year, and they ended up losing. I believe it was the Broncos. Um, and then, you know, fast forward now a couple of years ago and they make it. And I remember seeing them and watching them lose. I mean, I was so excited when they made it. Obviously anybody would be excited when your team makes to the Super Bowl, but watching them lose just like killed in me. overtime, losing it, all those points. It, like, and it, I know how they lost is even worse, but, but it killed me to watch it happen. So to have that happen almost every year, I think I would just quit football. I don't think I'd be able to take it. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. Let's say it doesn't happen the exact way it happened to the, the, the yeah. Falcons that year. Say it happened like a Super Bowl like this, where well, it's a 10-point deficit. But I'm saying if it's a close game till the end, but they do end up losing, you wouldn't want to watch that. Dude, I'm scarred now. I am scarred yeah, watching that's, that's any game anymore. We could be winning. Like It's funny, leading up to the Super Bowl that year... I don't know if you remember. I don't even know. I think you were there when you were watching the game against Green Bay in Buffalo Wild Wings. There was us and a couple other guys. I know Mark was there. I don't remember who else was there. But we were watching. And, and the Falcons, I mean, and you, if you remember, they they blew that game open. It was not even close. It was like 31 nothing. I think, at, at one point. And Mark is sitting there like, oh, you guys are going to make it to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And I was still shaking. I was like, don't. Don't say that. I was still freaking out. I was like, do not tell me that, yeah. that we're making it. The game's not over yet. And that's why. Because I know <laughs> You're holding my them. team. I know. Yeah. I've watched my team long enough, and I know things and you, happen. And you beat the team that got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And and it's just, you know, like... In a time where it's like, you have no business beating well, the 49ers you know right now. You know what's really funny about that? Is that I, I was reading a post, and it was a Falcons like fan page post, and it said, <laughs> whatever week it was, they're like, oh, Shanahan mentioned how it was the, uh, the Falcons Super Bowl when they played us. He goes, so Kyle Shanahan lost two Super Bowls this year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, you want to know a stat I just found? And you're not going to believe this. Think, sure. think about it for a second. Who was the last wide receiver to score in the Super Bowl? The last wide receiver to score in the Super Bowl. Um, I have stuff in front of me. I'm not going to look at it. Let's think. Uh... You're not going to get it. I'm trying to think of who scored. Travis Kelsey. Was it on the 49ers? I'll give you a hint. Is it? Is it? I, I think I know, but is it on the 49ers? It's Just not. Hint. It's not this game. No wide receiver scored in this game. No, not one. Really? Not one. I thought. I thought Bourne use, did. Use check. Um, Bourne did not score. He caught that. Um, that really like that nice deep pass, but he did not score. I thought he did. And if so you look, was, if, if you look at the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes ran in for a touchdown. He threw two touchdowns, but one, one was to, to Damian Williams and one was to Kelsey. Yeah, that's what I'm I was saying. I'm talking last wide receiver to score in a Super Bowl. In a Super Bowl? In a Super Bowl. So last year. Wait a minute. Was it last? It could, no, it couldn't have been last year. Last year it wasn't because it was Gronk that scored the only touchdown. No, Gronk didn't score the touchdown. He got them to like the one yard line and they ran it in with. Uh, so so then it wasn't last year either. I don't think so. What was the was it what was the Eagles Super Bowl? Was it freaking Aguilar? No. Was it what was that, fifty two? Yes. Uh it was Aguilar, um who else would it have been? There who do they have? They had Nelson Aguilar, they had I have uh, the answer. I just want to make sure I'm right here. What was the other receipt? Hashan Jeffrey? No, who the hell is that? You know how Google is supposed to give me like what you ask the game. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm asking for here. No, what? I, who is it? Now you're getting me anxious. <laughs> now I just want to know. It's not that bad. It's just it's just you wouldn't expect it because you thought someone scored in that last game. I could just tell you the answer if you want. Yeah, just tell me. Okay, his name is Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. He was the last wide receiver. He like to score disappeared. He was on the Panthers. I and think he didn't I don't do know. Anything. I think he got cut, or they just didn't. use He him. didn't do anything, yeah. so I don't get why that was needed. I mean, the Panthers but, also didn't do anything, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. You know, what? let me look it up right now. Let me look up his uh, his freaking stats. He probably was a healthy scratch every game. I don't ever remember hearing his name once all season. Not on the Panthers, no. 
yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hmm. He has a total of uh, eight receptions for 67 yards. Wonderful. No touchdowns. That was his year. Um, I had some more things on Super Bowl. Oh, the take that we've all been waiting for. So it's not the hottest of takes. So don't expect anything wild. But I think the moment was too big for both guys, both guys being Jimmy Garoppolo and Pat Mahomes. It's nerve-wracking being in the Super Bowl and hearing oh, yeah. all those chants and you know playing in that crowd and that atmosphere. It's tough. But Andy Reid had more to work with. And I mean that in terms of the skill set that Pat Mahomes had. Okay. Kyle Shanahan, he has a guy like Pat Mahomes, maybe a guy somewhat similar who doesn't have that strong of an arm, but actually is kind of elusive and he could throw um, on dropbacks. It's like, I I think you clearly win that game there. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I they feel can like... opt out of that contract, I think, a year from now, two years from now. I'm not too sure what the exact details are, but they could get out of that Jimmy Garoppolo contract if they wish to do so. Well, is that the key? Uh, that well, not the key because it, and there's not guaranteed that they do it. But do you think that's an option for them to do? Well, what I think about, look, I mean, again, I know him, I'd say decently well, knowing him as an offensive coordinator on my team. Yeah, looking at him, he obviously, as I mentioned, one of the best offensive-minded coaches I'd say in the league right now. One of the best. I'm not because he ha- he's nice at scripting him in like early e- in the game. Exactly. He is one of the best offensive-minded coaches. With that being said, I think if you throw him with with some guys that are like, I, I'd say average quarterbacks, whatever, you know, we make a joke, the Dalton line, so give him Dalton. I think he turns Dalton around. How far above the Dalton line is Jimmy Garoppolo? I, see, that's why where I'm getting, where it's hard to judge because his talents are getting, like I mentioned before, amplified because of, of we being with Kyle Shanahan. And I feel like, you know, we obviously Jimmy Garoppolo has some abilities. He's good enough to make it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have wanted to go out for him, wanted to give him this contract. But I think he, his numbers, you know, are skewed a little bit up because of the whole situation with Kyle Shanahan. And I think it's only fair to mention that because there's a lot of coaches or and a lot of players, you know, and quarterbacks. And we always, we never give them the benefit of the doubt because they have a bad coach or they have this and we're always blaming and we're like, you know, you just got to be better. The coaching isn't good, but you have to keep moving forward. So I feel like it's only fair to call somebody out who also is on the other side of that spectrum where they're getting, I feel like their stats are getting amplified compared to what they normally would be because of who, because of a good coach, not a bad coach in this situation. And I feel like he's just not, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's much... Uh, you know, he, he should be in a top 10, top 15 discussion. So here's another question for you. So we do have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who mm-hmm. is considered the top 10 highest paid quarterbacks in the league, mm-hmm. right? But we have another guy who's still on a rookie contract who is on the opposing team. His name is Patrick Mahomes, like we mentioned previously. Yes. But they're looking to give him like a $200 million contract. He, well, does, see, he deserves it. But is it too early to do it? Is it a good idea to do it? Well, what I okay, this is my situation you know, looking at it, finance major, business school. Looking at it from that aspect of things. If this is the guy that they want to keep, which it really seems like they do. They seem like they found their guy. Okay. He's you, 100% their guy. You want to give him that deal today really? because you know, but give it another year or two, he's going to be getting more money than what... Because someone's always, you know, next guy up. But I think it's kind of... I think the way Pat Mahomes is, he's not looking to go somewhere else for the money i think what he what the chiefs have done for him this far i think it's hard for him to leave so it's like why not just wait it out i mean i don't i don't have a problem with him getting the money now but the problem is with all of these people getting paid and not performing the way they should be it's kind of like is he deserving of that money because say, what happens next year if he does say he does get paid um this offseason okay he gets that money he, he's the highest paid quarterback mm-hmm. to ever play the game of football all right but what if Tennessee Titans aren't there to do the dirty work for you? They're not there. And, you know, the Patriots actually do get the number one seed, and you guys got to play that first round. So it's like if he gets that money and he doesn't come through in those moments, it's like, did oh, no, no, here comes, well, here comes like, the bum after getting all that money. Well, yeah, see, the other thing that you're also ha- kind of didn't bring up, but I, but I would mention it, okay. is that their coach, head coach, is not going to be around much longer. Um, So Mahomes is most likely you Andy would Reed? hope. You would hope, I think he's got time. But I'm saying, I, I you would hope that Mahomes is going to outlast him in this league. Um, and then their offensive coordinator, what's his name, Eric? Uh, 
Bieniemy. Yeah, him. He was a candidate for head coaching spots this year. That's a and, whole conspiracy and, within itself. I know, but but you know he was a candidate. He didn't end up getting a job. So you figure if coming up, you just I'm not saying Mahomes is not a good quarterback. I'm not implying this. I'm just saying you know if if those two guys in, in a couple of years aren't around, how is he going to be able to rebound from that, and how is he going to perform? I mean. It, it's always tough, no matter what player it is, you can think that they're the best player in the league. I mean, for a perfect example, and I mean, I hate to pick on him, but look at Antonio Brown. You figure, wow, we're going to give him this big deal, he's going to perform, this is going to be a great outcome for us, and there was a complete 180, and you never saw that coming. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not comparing players in that aspect, but I'm just saying, you could think they're the best player in the, in the world, and, and you never know what's going to happen, I mean. So always giving a big deal like that, no matter who it is, is always a risk. Uh, but I just feel like... If you want to keep him around, I feel like you have to pay him relatively soon because eventually there's going to be more. And instead of, you know, looking at it as, oh, right now, wow, you might be overpaying him or, you know, it, it might be oh, a little too soon. Oh, they're going to overpay. Well, that's the thing. If you're looking at it like that way, oh, they might overpay or it might be a little bit too soon. You know, you go two or three years down the line and then you're looking at it as, wow, he's underpaid. Well, he got lucky with the dislocated knee. And what's even, mm-hmm. like, it really goes to tell you how great Andy Reid is with this offense and, and this whole team in general, is that even with Matt Moore in the game, they were still able to win against a division rival with that being the uh, Broncos, I believe, was on yeah. Monday Night Football. Um, but it's like, he dislocates his knee. You don't know how long he's going to be out for. He ends up coming back, thank goodness. But it's mm-hmm. like, if something happens like that, you're in a bit of a rough patch. And, I mean... There's nothing preventing injuries, and it's like, Not at you know, all. and God forbid any injuries happen to, you know, Pat Mahomes. You don't wish injury upon any player. You hope everyone is healthy. You want to see the best out of every player without having to worry about being hobbled or anything like that. But it's like, you're paying a guy that much money, and like, you know, you don't know what could happen. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And, and what also kind of hurts in that situation, and, you know, this depends on the individual, on how they want to handle the situation. But a lot of times what happens is when you're, you know, let's we're using him, so a quarterback, you have a lot of money that you get put into your contract. You don't have a lot of money to work with to sign guys to help you out. Here, So that was going to lead me to the next question here, and they'll move on from any more Super Bowl talk because, you know, it's it's been over for a little while now. Yeah. But, and we'll jump into some more NFL news as well. Do you think they'll, you know, and I, I think it's more inevitable than anything that they're going to be able, they're going to sign him this offseason. I think they're just going to get that over with and get it out of the way to make sure they secure their guy for the future. But it's like, mm-hmm. you're right, they're not going to have a lot of leeway to sign a bunch of other guys, but if they do have that leeway, how much of a better team are they um, that they were right now? Because again, you get a guy like Frank Clark, who was franchise tagged, I believe, by the Seahawks before getting traded. Chris Jones, uh, they ended up signing, um, who was one of the best interior defensive linemen this whole entire year. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely phenomenal. So it's like you bring in a couple more guys possibly on defense because, again, Tyron Matthew isn't going to do everything. Those guys aren't going to do everything, and they ended up pulling through in the Super Bowl in the biggest game there is, and congrats to those guys. But it's like I still think there's a little bit more spots to fill. Richard Sherman has to work on his game a little bit because we didn't even talk about him that much. But it's yeah. like I thought he was absolutely phenomenal all year, but then when it came to covering guys like Tyreek Hill and it came to covering guys like Sammy Watkins where I think Sammy Watkins said – um, he watched uh, Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams and he was able to cut on the inside and that he yep. was unable to stop that. So it's like he broke down his game like that. So he's going to have to work on that too. It's like, you know, when it comes to the Chiefs, I don't know why I even mentioned Richard Sherman. He's on the opposing team. But it's like you have Brashad Breeland and you have a couple notable names too. But it's like I still think there's spots to fill here. You guys still need another running back. I don't think Damian Williams is your guy for the next five years. You yeah. could sign him to a deal that's relatively friendly to the team. But it's like there's still some spots in there. Need, yeah. need to be I mean, it's it. What's really hard is that, you know, they, they won. They won the Super Bowl. So they're, you're not looking at it as, but oh. you got to take advantage of your win and know that you were in a lucky spot. You still earned it by all those t- t- deficits. And, mm-hmm. again, hats off to the Chiefs, 100%. 100% deserving about it all. And I'm not um, taking anything away from them. But it's like there's the problems that you had before aren't just going to go away just because you won the Super Bowl. You want to win more. You said you're building a dynasty, so it's like you got to take advantage of it. And again, yeah. signing Mahomes is one thing, but depending if you want to sign all these other guys, um, I mean, I don't know what their cap space looks like. I don't want to act like I know yeah, absolutely I everything know. that's going on with the Chiefs, but it's like there's there's some notable free agents out there that could possibly want to sign a deal for like one year, maybe two years maybe, um, that maybe want to come to the Chiefs and you know, we'll try to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. What's crazy um, is Terrell Suggs almost sat out because he didn't. He wanted to go to the Ravens to win a Super Bowl, and uh, the Chiefs ended up picking him up, and now he's a, a Super Bowl champion once again. Well, I mean, uh, this is just—it's not giving me an exact number, 
it was posted two days ago by NBC uh, Sports, but it, it gives us an, a rough estimate. It says the Chiefs and the 49ers are both near the bottom of the league in cap space coming up, so okay. they don't have much. So either they could stick to what they have, and I think they're going to ride high on this, and then pay Pat Mahomes and hope for the best. That could be a possibility there. Yeah. But anyway, I wanted to play this clip here. Uh, so exact, I butchered it a little bit as to what Frank Clark said on Jimmy Garoppolo. We knew the challenge of the checkdowns. You paying the guy $140 million, $130 million, whatever he's getting paid. Man, go ahead. He got, he, got, he, got, he got to throw the ball. Obviously, he didn't do that. They threw for about 200 yards on checkdowns. That ain't enough to win ain't the game enough. against us. And don't We're matter Super Bowl champions. Don't matter My what boy, it is. the offense. You can't tell us nothing. Out. Can't tell us nothing. We know the times that check. Uh, Travis Kelsey is a goon, man. Uh, absolutely love Travis Kelsey. I'm gonna s- fast. Is this an advertisement here? Yeah, probably. But I'm gonna have that muted. I wanna. Did you see his uh, parade speech? I did. He was kind of going off like his brother did when he won the Super Bowl. Yes, a couple he years was. Ago. And honestly, I thought it was way, way better. Because he was pretty much saying how it's like no one's stopping us. He was kind of like a WWE promo. We had the belt that's, on. That's and exactly what it was. I love that. The Chiefs all year, especially Frank Clark. He's been doing. He's been cutting WWE promos towards the tail end of the year too. Because with Derrick Henry, and he was saying how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to stop us and all, and all that. Uh, how long is this ad? I'm trying. To, I'm trying to play this this video here. Um, but yeah, love Travis Kelsey. He's now a Super Bowl champion. That's now two rings in the family. That um, is absolutely insane. Yeah. That, he yeah. also mentioned how proud his dad was of him um i have not seen travis kelsey once yeah he said a, a big pivotal part um of his life now is seeing how proud his dad was oh it's right here why do i even bother i, <laughs> I was gonna say that's definitely not all that. it's like, definitely not it all right let's uh listen to his can you dig it i i just want to say i love y'all i love this i love this team Woo! I'm wearing about half the beers I've been trying to drink, baby. It's been a long time coming, because what did we do? We had to fight for our right to party. What do you think when he says that? Do you like it? I mean, go or, for or it. Or are they milking it? I mean, yeah. Because you said you have to fight for your right to Lombardi. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to trash on them. They won the first Super Bowl in a very long time. They took that from the Beastie Boys, and now they're yeah. probably going to make it their own, and there's probably a bunch of these young kids that are like, yeah, Travis Kelsey made that up. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> uh, I mean, what's what's really funny, though, is, is you do bring up a uh, a WWE promo thing, and, and the way he started it off is, can you dig it? And suck him Yeah, that's exactly what came to my <laughs> mind. <laughs> Literally right out of WWE. And then woo, <laughs> Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> oh, he's wearing the belt. Here it is. How about, how about that? I'm going to walk this wall. How about 21 years? Y'all know what that means? Everybody here is thinking, oh, that's when I can, you know what I mean, legally get a drink. Yeah. No, 21 years. That's how That's how long it's just been turning for my guy Andy Reid. I've heard him talk before, and it's nothing like this. I know. Mm, it's just been turning and turning and turning. And what we do, what we do, we unleash a can of whoop. On everybody! That was Stone Cold. Oh no, that was The Rock. I ain't trying to hear it. Child 10, I ain't trying to hear it. Well, fourth quarter, six and whatever. Here's what I was Well, well what's really to. funny is that you bring up WWE, but did you, very quick point, I really like The Rock introducing the players. That was. I liked it too. That was awesome. Do you think he should do it every year? I think he should. I think he should. You're gonna get paid handsomely. I I thought at the end he was gonna like do one of his, one of his famous phrases or something. He ended up not doing it. But I I just when he announced it's Kittle, not about him. when he announced Kittle, I just love my life because they are more, like buddies. I think this rubs it in Kittle's face a lot here because the Kittle was on the map of like I'm the biggest WWE fan. Oh yeah. In the NFL right now, and the fact that they come out here with the WWE belt and he's cutting promos, and Frank Clark is cutting promos like a WWE wrestler, yeah, um, k- k- that probably hurts for Kittle, 100%, definitely. Because he was the one that said, "Can you smell what what uh, the Niners are cooking?" Yeah, on Twitter, and then The Rock was like, "It's like, yeah, love it. You got a long way to go, but <laughs> this is awesome." Yeah. Uh, so let's get to what he said here. Left on the clock, down ten. <laughs> <laughs> We got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, baby. How about Sammy Watkins? Woo! 
How about Damian Williams? Woo! How about my dog, 5'5", five, five, and he ain't on sides? Frank Clark! What do you think of that? 5'5", five, five, and he's not off sides. Clearly a jab at D. Ford, who it probably hit him the, the hardest. Oh, yeah. That it cost him going to a Super Bowl, and they probably could possibly be Super Bowl champs two years in a row. Yeah, I mean... I'm not I'm not a fan of of you know hitting someone when they're down. I'm not not a fan of that. Especially a teammate. That's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not a fan of that. A I just, former teammate. I don't like that. I mean, if there was bad blood, look, I know not everybody has to like everybody just because they're teammates. Um, and I know you know there's some rivalries and stuff. Like I get it, but I just don't like when you know you're just hitting someone when you're down. I mean, obviously, unless the Falcons are doing it to the Saints, but anyway, um, you just shouldn't be doing that. Let's listen a little more, and then I'll stop it. All right. What's good? This is the most beautiful scene I've ever witnessed in my life. I love this city to death. I promise you, from here to the end, I cherish every moment with y'all. And I promise you, everybody here feels the exact same way. I talked to El Presidente, Mark Donovan. He made sure it was okay with the, the Rudd, I mean, the Clark family, everybody involved. Because of this season, because of y'all. Every single touchdown, every single point we score at Arrowhead is going to end with the anthem. And y'all got to help me say it right here one last time there we go. for 2019-2020 World Champions. You got to fight for your ride to party. I'm sure people are going to be making fun of that if they have a couple losses next year. <laughs> They're going to be other people going to cut promos on that too. Oh, but, uh, definitely. Definitely milking it. Definitely milking it. Yeah, I mean Look, I, again, they haven't won in, in they 50 years. They did it for years. the great state of Kansas. You saw that, right? <laughs> yes. They they haven't won in a while, you know. We're not used to seeing this because, I mean, a couple years ago you had Philly who won their first Super Bowl ever. Then this year you had Kansas City who it seems like it was their first one because, you know, in our lifetime we've never seen them make it. Um, but these are two, you know, cities that are just – excited to win and and when you're used to seeing patriots win all the time you forget how excited fans and and players can get because you can't tell me i mean tom brady uh who else you know some of these other guys that have been there for a while edelman um matt's uh what's his name is it matt slater what's it what's this special matt slater yeah. yeah him i mean he's you like the best you don't think of him but he's been on the team for a while like yeah all these guys he's, he's in the top 100 all the time yeah he's always talking about and and all these know. guys you know they're not that they would take advantage of it, but you know, it's not as special after you win it a lot all the time. It's not as special, and these guys are these are you know raw emotions that they have been waiting to do. They've been waiting to win it, and they finally cross it off their list. They finally got that first win, and uh, I mean, it's just nice to see. I mean, nobody really likes when the Patriots win, other than Patriots fans. But we're not talking about that. We're just saying, you know, I just brought them into the picture because they usually win it. So it's nice to see when a team that isn't them win it because especially the last couple of years of the teams that, that have won it that aren't them, it's been teams that haven't won it in a while. So right. you see the emotions and and all that pouring out, and it's, it's nice to see. So I wanted to steer this boat off ship to talk about stuff that's going on in, 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 in the NFL and stuff like that, but I think we could save that for another time. I'm actually going to keep this boat floating in one direction and right. talk wrap it up with Super Bowl talk. I know I mentioned before I wanted to talk about other things, and I, I had things lined up, you know, talking about the you know Cam Newton, what's going on in Carolina, <laughs> and, and other stuff that's going on around the league. You know, Eric Weddle just retired, but we have time. Uh, to talk about that another time, and okay. there's plenty of time that the season's over, so it's yeah. not like we're rushing to get something out before the next game starts. Um, but I wanted to talk about the uh, what'd you think of the halftime show? What'd you think of the commercials? What, what and other than the actual game itself, what'd you think of? Yeah, I mean that? the commercials weren't bad. There was there were some good ones. There were definitely a couple good ones. Uh, the halftime show. I mean, I'm I'm torn. I'm torn. 
because I feel I like... was torn, but I'm like I was torn because I couldn't hear it. I, I liked what was going on. Like I love like Shakira and J Lo. I thought that was a good performance. I think it would have been great because it fits. It's Miami. Like all those yeah. guys are listening to that type of music. You bring in you know J Balvin and you bring in mm-hmm. uh, Bad Bunny, and I feel like everyone's probably getting hyped for that. But for some reason on the TV, you hear the arena audio. Yeah, you couldn't but, hear like, them. I, I, I thought it was just me because everyone else was like, "Oh, that was fantastic." No one else is talking about how like I didn't hear it that well. Yeah, I mean overall, I think it was uh, I, I think it was a good performance. I mean. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially being a guy, you know, it was nice. But <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it just overall, it, it. I don't know. I feel like you know exactly what you said. It fit. Um, I I think I like what they're doing at halftime. But why don't we start bringing back like these rock bands yeah, the, that well, are just gonna like put yeah. on a show and like listen that's gonna hit every demographic because it's like when you're a kid you're gonna know what that song is because your parents are playing it your parents well, are gonna yeah. know what the song is and obviously people our age are actually like you know we're, we're in our 20s we're gonna know mm-hmm. what the song is i think there's a lot of good bands out there that can put on a show so like i mean you have maroon 5 who was fine last year but i think yeah. they went a little over the top there i would say the one the halftime show this year was way way better than that one um, but it's like, wasn't there like a stretch of years where it's like, we have Beyonce, we have Coldplay, Bruno Mars, let's do all three and let's do this and that. It's like, we don't have to do that. I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of people willing to do that. First of all, it's a lot of eyes. So you want to get, um, a lot of eyes to multiply, like people who aren't interested in the Super Bowl to possibly tune in and see the halftime show to watch as well. But those guys aren't getting paid. And there's a lot of bands out there that have, haven't gotten their paid their whole life. And we're talking about JLo and Shakira who will do anything for money. And like JLo, I'm sure on the low is like... I need to get paid something, you know what I yeah. mean? But it's like, I want to see a really, really good halftime show. This one was really good, but I'm talking like better audio and I think just a band with some hits. Well, that's, that's just going to go out yeah. there and we're all just going to be singing our heart out at halftime. We're going to forget there's a game going on. That's what I want to well, see. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's why I, I was going to get into that um, and then, you know, you brought it up. That, that's what I was going to say. What was the last band, nice The Who, that. to actually perform in the Super Bowl? I don't know. It's. I think it was The Who for the Saints and the... That was a while ago. Saints, uh, Colts. That was like game. ten or eleven years ago. Yeah. Wow. So they haven't yeah. done anything like that in a while. Yeah, but I mean, and that's the thing because I know that you know rap hip hop. The Chili that's Peppers, but that was with yeah. Bruno Mars. Oh. I mean, I know rap hip hop. That's kind of what's trending up. That's what's popular nowadays. So I, I kind of understand that's why they'll they'll you know push for some of those people uh, once in a while. Um, but yeah, it would it would be nice um, you know to 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 bring something back with some rock or. Or something, alternative music, something like that. It would be nice once in a while. I remember last year when it was in Atlanta, um, you know, I was wondering if they were going to somehow incorporate um, some sort of country into it because I know in that area they're they're big in country music. Um, and then, like, you know, one big, I guess you would say, group that, that stood out would have been Florida Georgia Line. So I thought, you know, maybe they would have considered them because they're, you know, because they're, they're str- like everybody has Truthfully, heard of them. I, wouldn't, I, I don't want to see a, a country. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not show, saying country. But... I'm just saying, you know, in general, I was surprised that they, uh, and, and then even, you know, with Atlanta, for example, there's a ton of famous people that come out of Atlanta, even yeah. like rappers and everything. So I was right. surprised that they didn't go with somebody. I was waiting hometown. for Pitbull to come out. <laughs> that was everybody, actually a bet I think you could play. Yeah, like, everybody was saying that. And it's the same thing. So he was I'm, in a commercial, but like, like yeah. J-Lo was calling to, to Pitbull, like, oh, Pitbull, help me out here. I, got, I don't yeah. know. I was hoping he would be in it. Um, commercial wise, a lot of them were sad. I'm trying to be happy watching the yeah. show, but why is there a bunch of sad commercials? And yes, you have like the hummus <laughs> commercials, and yes, you have the Tide commercials and and slash Bud Light commercials. I truthfully didn't like that one. And supposedly, yeah. you know how they said the Mass Singer would be on after the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Apparently that those ads kept going after the Super Bowl was over and like into the Mass Singer. <laughs> That's funny. Apparently there was like really no payoff with that though. Like there was no end game to it. It's yeah, like it's later, you know, and then Yeah, the I, didn't, I didn't really know what was going on. By far one of the best Super Bowl ads has to be David Harbour being like it's a tight ad. <laughs> I thought those were absolutely hilarious and made me laugh so hard. But this one with Charlie Day, I don't know about that one. But I um, liked uh I liked the one with uh was it Jason Momoa, is that his name? That was a good one, yeah, Jason Momoa. <laughs> when he was like taking off his abs, he was like, yeah, he's he like, took off his boots, yeah. and he was like five foot eight. <laughs> and it's what was the whole point? It was like, oh, because you're like comfortable at home or whatever. You yes. Can... <laughs> when he was benching, he was like, take it away. <laughs> like holding it with one hand. There's yeah, no was, weights on the bars or that anything. That was so funny. That was a good one. Um, but there's not many notable ones I can name. I remember back then, I used to be like, oh, you remember this commercial? Remember that they commercial? They were good. And you know, like, when I, I thought can't. of Super Bowl commercials, the like ones that came to mind when I was younger were like Doritos. The Doritos Those were, were always good. There wasn't a Doritos commercial. That's what I'm saying. There weren't. They've been like, paying for ads for 10 years. I actually, I actually did a report like two semesters ago. and I think I told you about it. I'm not sure if I did, but I had to write like a 10-page thing on um, 
I picked the Super Bowl commercial, and it was the Doritos commercial in the Time Machine. I will never oh, watch yeah. that again because I had to watch it like a million times because I had to find stuff in it to talk about. And it's yeah. like, it's 30 seconds. How much can they talk about here? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one, though. That was a good one, you know, before it got ruined for you, but it was a good one. It, <laughs> it got ruined for me, yes. Uh, <laughs> was there anything else I was going to add? Anything else you want to touch on with the Super Bowl? Um, No. All I've, good? I've had enough of it. I think I've had enough of it too. <laughs> I'm actually go, going into next year. Early, early Super Bowl pick going into next year. What do you think? Uh, let's see. I'm going to pick. I don't want to pick a favorite because I feel like it makes it too easy. I want to pick some like random team that's like, not, obviously not like that that was awful last year, but I mean like a team that could be all right that might make it. Uh, you're saying Super Bowl champ? That's just, what you said? You, you just say the champ. You don't have to say the matchup because we're okay. not going to know. Mm, I think it will be. This is tough. I don't know. Uh, I think it's gonna be an NFC team, but I'm trying to think of what. Well, NFC we're not team. gonna know what's what's gonna happen with Drew Brees. That's that's why I don't want to pick them. I mean, I also don't want to pick them because I don't want to see them win it. But, I honestly think he might retire. But that's yeah, that's what I mean. Also, with the whole Russell Wilson letting him start in the Pro Bowl. Eh. That, that's like weird yeah that's a weird thing to just do i think but <laughs> we're more on the side of him actually retiring so yeah. we'll have to see and, and you think it's gonna be an nfc team i, I think it is Dude, the so afc is loaded i know they are but uh, uh falcons no i'm kidding um <laughs> I, they haven't you don't have anything. to pick if they, they haven't proven anything to me yet how to pick them if i had to take them I want to say the Chiefs make it back, but they got to go yeah, through that Ravens I, team. And I think they're coming back. They got to go through the Ravens and possibly the Pats again if that's still intact. That team, so that uh, it's going to be hard. I don't know the NFC. What could I see? Maybe Seattle. Seattle. Maybe. That's a good pick. Maybe Seattle. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, my pick. I honestly, depending on what happens, what happens with the Saints, because I think it could be an NFC team too yeah. if the Saints do make it. Because I think it was there was their destiny to make it to the Super Bowl. I, I think. Um, yeah. But who knows what would happen against the Niners again going into the playoffs? Like Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw that well. So I truthfully thought it was going to be Saints Ravens, and I'll say it again. I think that's a possibility again for next year. Mm-hmm. It could happen. Um, but the, depending on what happens in the NFC, I do think the Niners could come all the way back. I think they could have a rematch again against the Ravens, and I think the Ravens. Um, uh, could win that one, but I gotta say, it just depends how much Lamar Jackson throws, and if they don't go off game script, and we're gonna have to see going into the next year because any information we have right now is not gonna carry over into next year. We're gonna have to wait until like four weeks into next season to really, well, yeah, I mean, navigate who well, is gonna win. Well, that's what. the thing. I mean, you know, you if you went back to a year ago t- today, a year, you know, I would have never picked the 49ers to be in it, never. I think they had a solid chance all the way through. I, I did not think that they... I thought that they would be all right, but I didn't think they were going to make it far. Definitely not the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I figured, all right, Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy. They're a little bit healthier. They still have Shanahan as a head coach. Um, John Lynch was doing pretty good as a GM or whatever role he's holding. So I was like, all right, you know, they're drafting well. They have a good defense. Like, okay. But I didn't think that they were going to be good enough to take down some of the, the teams that were making it. So... So it's a wrap on the NFL 2019-2020 season. We're waiting and going into next year with a lot of different looks for a lot of different teams. I, I, I absolutely can't wait. So obviously the format as we did for the show last year, not sure if you let you guys notice, but I'll mention it right now, is in terms of us uploading, um, we will get a lot of episodes out. That's for one thing. We're going to keep track of a lot of the uh, what's going on in free agency and what's going to happen um in terms of contract signings, who's going where, and keeping up with everything like that. That was actually one of our most popular episodes last year. I think mm-hmm. to this day that's our most listened to one. So we'll definitely keep track of what's going on in the off season as well. Um, we do upload in the next couple episodes, I believe, leading up into next year's, I think, either the preseason or week one. I'm not too sure. And then we start season three. So we're going to continue on with season two leading up into uh next year for the 2020 season and we'll start the new season as soon as kickoff arrives but in the meantime that leads me into my next thing perfect segue um we'll be watching the xfl this year yes we are and uh a big thing is that we actually have a hometown team mm-hmm. which is the uh new york guardians and notable people on the team is luis um 
what's his last name? Luis Perez. Perez, yeah. I always forget. Um, and He's what's weird favorite. is he was in LA first, and I think he got traded. And I'm like, I, I absolutely love them on the Birmingham Iron, and now we're going to get to see him in the XFL on our New York team. Unfortunately, he's the backup to Matt McGloin, unless they make any other changes. Um, they also have Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. You remember him? He was making uh, some uh, – he was making people talk about him. I just, uh, I just like his in name. The, in the preseason. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> um, but we're going to have to see what happens. And reason I even mentioned the XFL is, yes, we'll be probably be trying to cover that a little bit. You know, it's the first season in 2020, so – there's not much we know unless the play, unless it's players we know. We'll definitely catch a game here and there. But most importantly, uh, me and Chris we got, yeah, we got a on the show, we have a surprise for you. We interviewed St. Louis Battlehawks defensive end Jake Payne. It was absolutely great talking to him about the XFL, as the XFL does kick off February 8th and February 9th this weekend. Um, and we talked about Jake's uh, journey um, and his pro football career up to this point, now being part of the XFL in 2020s. And it was very interesting. So if you want to listen to it, it should be a separate episode. You'll be able to find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream uh, our podcast, as well as a link in the description of this podcast uh, for the YouTube link. It should be up on our YouTube channel as well. Um, if you want to look it up on YouTube, it's Franchise Tag Podcast. Um, other than that, um, if you want to follow our uh, social media pages, um, Twitter and Instagram at Franchise Tag Pod. So other than that, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.